Star Wars 7x7 episode 1415 today. Let's talk contracts. Let's talk about what it means that Alden Ehrenreich is signed for three movies with Lucasfilm. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, this is Mike and Joe from the Cantina Cast. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7. So if you're watching the video version of this, then you might notice a little something different here. <laughs> yes, the beard is gone, at least for the short term. Just a little exfoliation thing. You know, no big deal. It'll be coming back before you know it. And if you're listening to the audio version, then you can check out what I look like without a beard. <laughs> if you haven't seen it and you're interested, either at youtube.com slash sw7x7 or facebook.com slash sw7x7, wherever you like to check out a video. Actually, it's even over on Twitter. That's SW7X7Podcast if you want to check it out there. But we are really here not to talk about my lack of beard right now. We're here to talk about the contract that Alden Ehrenreich has signed with Lucasfilm. Now, he is the cover boy for Esquire magazine this month. And as part of the extensive interview that he gave for it, he revealed a little bit of a bomb drop, the fact that he is signed for three movies with Lucasfilm. But this is not necessarily big news in the sense that it doesn't really tell us anything about his future with the franchise. And so one thing that you could look at, for example, just to bolster that idea, is the contract that Felicity Jones signed for Rogue One. Now, when she signed that contract... At the time, Jen Erso's character was going to live. She was going to survive the events of Rogue One. And so it made sense for her to sign a contract that had her with an option for a sequel. And she famously said that, you know, it does have a number in the title. And, of course, that doesn't necessarily <laughs> mean that Rogue One was meant to be, oh, one as in the first movie, right? But, you know, it's a good joke all the same. Anyway, she has an option for a second Jen Erso movie. And... Whether that means she could actually show up and solo a Star Wars story, that's kind of an intriguing prospect, but I don't think that's really legit at the at the uppermost range. She, she would be 15 or 16 years old, her character would be, in the solo a Star Wars story movie. So I highly doubt that we're going to see Jenna Erso in solo a Star Wars story. It doesn't make sense. But... Why would they sign her to an option year when you know, she's not going to be in another movie because she's dead? Well, maybe they have, you know, an idea for a movie that happens just before Rogue One, a prequel to Rogue One, if you will. And so I guess that leaves out the possibility. But obviously it really was done because of the fact that they thought she was going to live initially. And so there could have been room to do a Jyn Erso movie during the original trilogy era, like that zero to four ABY situation. Now, obviously the Alden Ehrenreich situation is much different. First of all, because we know he's going to live. <laughs> we know Han Solo is going to survive the events of Solo, a Star Wars story. So yeah, that certainly makes it legitimate to have an option on multiple movies. But it's really more of a safety thing when you think about it. I mean, on the one hand, you know, if Lucasfilm has a giant hit on its hands and they want to do more Han Solo movies, well, 
wouldn't it be in their best interest to have Alden Ehrenreich signed to multiple movies? I mean, think about it in terms of any professional sport. You know, you sign a contract for a number of years with a player, and hopefully that player gets really good and does really well for your franchise, and then you can enjoy the benefits of that player's value, even though you're not paying near to what the market value would be for that player. Well, it's the same thing with movies. I mean, if they've got Alden Ehrenreich signed for a decent amount, I mean, they're not going to be paying him Harrison Ford money. I mean, of course they're not. But if they've got him signed for a decent amount of money and it turns out that his star goes, you know, rises like crazy, well, then they've got him signed for another couple movies and they've got him on the cheap by comparison. So it's an incredibly smart business move for Lucasfilm, but it doesn't tell us anything about their future movie plans at all. And the other thing that, you know, just as a Star Wars fan, you want to grab onto is that number three, right? The fact that he signed for three movies overall, everybody thinks, oh, trilogy, right? And, you know... I'm of an age where I grew up reading the Brian Daly Han Solo trilogy, right? Star's End and Han Solo's Revenge and Han Solo and the Lost Legacy. And so the idea of doing anything in threes with Han Solo, you know, I'm on board, right? You know, it's just a a good feeling to think of it that way. But again, it doesn't necessarily mean anything. We don't have a Han Solo trilogy. We have a rite of passage movie. We have a movie where he is being introduced to us as a character. I guess you can make a case for him having an extremely dark period of time in a second movie, a la The Empire Strikes Back, a la The Last Jedi, right? It's form, not formula, let's be clear. I'm not trying to say, oh yeah, let's do A New Hope, and then The Empire Strikes Back, but with Han Solo as a main character, and, you know, uh, Dryden Voss as Darth Vader or something like that. No, we're not talking about anything like that here. Ultimately, I just don't want you to jump to conclusions just yet. I don't want to jump to conclusions just yet either, because right now, Lucasfilm is operating on a a one-movie-a-year situation, and, you know... It still remains to be seen whether they can ramp up that production pace. And I'm sure Disney would love to see them ramp up that production pace and get to a place where they could be two years, of, uh, two years of movie, two movies a year, at least, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But Marvel has been working on that churn for quite a while, and the level of source material that they have to draw from is enormous by comparison. Yes, you can say expanded universe, expanded universe, but... It's not that simple, of course, for Star Wars. And so, eh, yeah, let's not let's not jump into conversations about the expanded universe and the stuff that they could pull from there, okay? They, they've got their own mind about how they're going to do that, and we have to let them figure it out. So that being said, you know, when you look at the years from 2021 and onward, we've got a Ryan Johnson, a D.B. Weiss, and David Benioff, is that right? Yeah, D.B. Yeah, is D.B. Weiss and not not D.B. Benioff. Anyway, um, those guys have Star Wars booked for the better part of the next decade. And so whether a Han Solo movie is a part of that, eh, not seeing it. Certainly not Ryan Johnson's trilogy, which is supposed to be entirely different from anything else. And Benioff and Weiss, well, who knows? I mean, it's possible they could work on a Han Solo situation, but... I find that to be unlikely, and ultimately, it would be self-defeating in terms of Lucasfilm's continued viability, because they need to build out the franchise even more. They need to build out the universe, and so that's why they've got people like Weiss and Benioff on. That's why they gave more money and more films to Ryan Johnson. That's why they've got John Favreau working on stuff, too, with that whole TV series that's going to be taking place seven years after Return of the Jedi. So, yeah, they need to expand it, and so... 
Mm, yeah, I don't know if Han Solo is in the plans just yet. They need a really good reason to do it. And they also need a really good box office performance from Solo A Star Wars Story to justify it, too. All right, I'm going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with Last Jedi Trivia. Stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. May the 4th is Star Wars Day, and it's also the date of our 1400th episode. So to celebrate all during the month of May, you can get the unofficial Star Wars The Force Awakens trivia book for just $7.77. That's whether you pay in dollars, pounds, or euros, just $7.77 at SW7X7.com slash TFA for the U.S. version of Amazon, or just search for the unofficial Force Awakens trivia book on any European version of Amazon. Welcome back. All right. Last time I asked you why Poe was telling General Hux that he had to talk to him, that he had an urgent communication about someone, and I asked who that someone was, and it was supposed to be about General Hux's mother. Today's question for you, why did Poe have to stall this conversation with General Hux? And that right there is going to do it for the podcast as well. Thank you so much for listening, as always. And may the Force be with you, wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you try to rescue the Chancellor, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And please support the podcast by joining us on Patreon at patreon.com slash SW7x7. It's not a scheme by a grievous, it's destiny unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.